Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're in the house. Powerhouse Finch Show. Thanks for joining us. I'm Zach Shu, uh, the other host. I got the host here, Dan Turbyville. Hello. Uh, we are both of Memphis Fence Company, uh, among other these various other logos you see behind us. Uh, also, the ones printed all over our shirts. So yeah. uh, that's Memphis Fence Company, MFG Manufacturing, and Zimpalo, which is a software company. Or MFC. MFC, MFG. Sorry yeah, about yeah, yeah. that. I get confused with acronyms. I'm surprised well, I know the word acronym. There's Just too saying. many, man. There's too <laughs> many. And I'm really excited about our guest. He has uh, too many companies to mention, I think. I'm yeah. going to try to fumble through some of that. Um, so we're here. We are not live today. This is a pre-recorded episode. Just uh, schedules weren't lining up to get our guests online. He was really important for us to get on the show. So when, you know, somebody like that pops up, you do what you got to do to get them on the show. So, yeah, for sure. Um, it's uh, actually, uh, about 10 AM. So we're, we're trying to pull this thing together in the morning and make it happen so we can get it out. But right. That's right. And in order to get this thing all lined up, we all had to take a crash course in time zones. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> so that's right. Thank you for the software that is Calendly for helping us get that all figured out. Yep. Shout out to Calendly for <laughs> saving the day. <laughs> all right. So before we go any further, we always like to take a moment just to thank you guys, whoever's out there listening, watching, any sort of supporters, any previous guests on the show. Um, I, you know, I, I personally enjoy this because I'm kind of a, a stage performer kind of guy. I appreciate the mics and the cameras. Um, catch me off camera it's a little bit different but i kind of come alive in this environment so i appreciate that also any opportunity i think for us to share our experience however limited it may be um is an opportunity for us to grow you know in the trade and then ultimately as people so um, i really appreciate that and we couldn't do it without um, all our listeners and supporters so thank you is our internet connection is terrible. I don't know what's going on right now. Um, so if you want us to have somebody on the show, if you want us to talk about something specific or whatever, just let us know and we'll ha be happy to try to accommodate as well. Ultimately, we're doing it for you. So just let us know what you want. Cool. All right. So what do we got in store this week, Zach? Uh, we have a man by the name of David Gatto. Um, he is in the house, by the way, which I think we all are at this point. Um, that are associated with the fence industry one is future solutions fence and supply the other global global supply and then a consulting called go to grow consulting and just after really after the uh 15 minutes we'd spent with him i feel like this guy's a pretty much a wealth of information or yep. resources at least he's exhibiting uh you know a guy who's done his homework yeah in running a business business growth and and we talked about some uh you know areas that that you we've experienced some contrast um uh obviously so i think we all benefit from a little bit of listening to david's personal story in addition to his experience with business that's right so i'm yeah. stoked man so I, i've seen you know facebook post right and i've seen like bits and pieces of his story and you know some motivational videos that he's made and things like that and i mean i just reached out one day last week and i was like hey i think your story's pretty cool and would you like to be on our show and he said yeah so I'm, and uh, i'm excited i like that we the show is called powerhouse he's in the house and happens to be a power lifter yeah. i mean i just gotta yeah I, that's pretty cool so welcome yep. well we're gonna welcome uh david gato everybody i'm gonna do something a little different and give him a round of applause oh. <laughs> all right all right <laughs> There it is. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. So we we will be at Fence Tech here in like two weeks. I, I put David on. So everybody. Hey, David, there he house. is. <laughs> but I do wish him we'll be at Fence Tech here in a couple of weeks. And if you want, you can email me a set of plans and we're going to try to do offs for you for jobs that you're actively bidding like right there on the spot at the show. And by we, you mean Simpalo. Simpalo. That's right. Simpalo, the, the heavy lifting since we're uh nice the, the i like all these stuff going on here power analogies yeah Thank yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll let simpalo do the heavy lifting but 
to show you how it works in a way that's really beneficial to you. But I do need to have the plans and everything before I get there. That way I can get them downloaded and uploaded in the system and put it together right. Two, four, one will be there. We're giving away some. Really know what that is. Laria, I think, has some kind of competition for people that like, you know, subscribe or follow us or something there on the spot. You'd have to talk to her. Um, we did have Nick Reich on last week, and we talked a lot about the educational stuff that's happening at FinTech, the uh, the Tech Summit, which actually has already happened by the time this is airing. And then we also talked their LMS that's going live here pretty soon. That was a good episode. Check it out if you missed it. Right. So, Thank you, David. Thanks for hanging. I introduced you a little prematurely. That's how it goes. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're still playing on that. Uh, we're learning. We're learning things. So I'm just a goof sometimes, to be honest, man. And that's the truth. Like, as serious as I try to act on this thing, I'm kind of a goober. So that's the truth to me. Yeah. <laughs> that's both of us, man. We just try to do it. So, so again, here's David Gatto. Welcome, David Gatto. To the show. How's it hey. going? Yeah, it's going great, guys, man. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. And, you know, it's okay to it's okay to have fun in the show, right? I mean, that's what the show's about. The show's about fun. The show's about education. So, you know, we just be ourselves on here, right? Um, you know, as I was telling you guys earlier, um, I turn down most podcasts um, that I'm invited on to. I mean, I've only did one or two um, <clears throat> in 2023. But like I said, when somebody from the fence industry specifically asked me to come onto a show, man, I'm all about it. Right. Because this is the industry, as I was saying before, that really allowed me to live my dreams. I mean, this was the vehicle uh, to my success. Right. So I know the most people um, in this industry. So it's real close to my heart. So it's a pleasure to be here today to talk to you guys. Yeah, Thank you. I definitely appreciate you being here, man. It's awesome. I'm excited. So. Excuse me. Um, so where do you want to start? I mean, it's your story, man. Let's uh, we'll tell it the way that you want to. Yeah, so absolutely. And, you know, the fact that that I'm even in front of you guys right now telling this story is a miracle, right? Because honestly, I shouldn't even be right here. Um, I should be dead, right? With the life that I was living, I've gotten the opportunity to live two completely different lifetimes, mm -hmm. two different lives in one lifetime, right? Um, so I'm just going to kind of, a lot of people know me, they know me in this industry, you know, and, and maybe like a bio for me would be like, hey, he came from homelessness to success, right? Or from prison to success, right? And I'm just going to- inside the fence to building fence, would that be- Pretty much, I, I like that. Go. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's a, you know, and a, a lot of my story involves prison, right? And, and, but here's the thing, right? I'm not going to get all into the past like that, right? Because honestly, guys, from, from, you know, age 14 to 33, my life was a continuous war story, right? So we're talking like 19 years of, of just a massive war story. We really don't got time for that, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll get into like the meat and the potatoes of everything, right? Into the miracle of it, Um but at the same time, I'm going to just qualify my background, right? And I could summarize 19 years of chaos like this. You know, age 14, I had ran away from home. Uh, I got involved with drugs and alcohol, started hanging out with the wrong people, and I received a juvenile life sentence, right? And from there, I went away to a place called Vision Quest from age 14 to 19 years old. You know, and in that five years, guys, never once did I believe that drugs and alcohol were a problem for me. So eventually I got out and the same thing happened, although this time I wound up in prison, right? Still didn't put the connection together with the drugs and the alcohol. So now I started popping up in places like rehabs, halfway houses, three-quarter houses, you know, psychiatric wards. And eventually the people who loved me had to love me from a distance, right? Because they weren't allowing me to come around and hurt them no more. So then I had started experiencing homeless shelters, you know, and from there, the homeless shelter said, well, you got to be sober in order to stay here. So that had to go, too. And then I had experienced a very long season of homelessness in my life, guys. And that this cycle all went on for 19 years until one day that all stopped. Right. This was the last time that I had ever uh, gotten in trouble, which was February 21st of 2014. Right. That day was my 33rd birthday. And on that day, I had been drinking and using drugs, and I wound up at Walmart blacked out. I was arrested, retail theft, 
right? And I can remember this time, guys, going to prison this day. And I could remember that when I went in that cell, right? And that door came crashing shut. And it was just me with myself at this point, right? And I could remember looking in that that polished stained, you know, uh, stainless steel mirror and just thinking to myself, like, you know, I'm never coming back here again, right? Whatever it takes, I'm never going to come back to this place again because I had already spent 11 years in prison up to this point with various different incarcerations. And so I really started changing right there in prison, guys, right? I started getting up early. I started reading the word. I started praying. You know, I started helping people out in the prison, helping them pass their GEDs. And then I started, you know, something something began to shift in me, right? Because I began to change the way that I think. And, and when I started to change the way that I think, my whole world around me began to transform, right? Because that's how the real change happens. The real change happens on the inside, and then it manifests on the outside. Right. I always like to say, you know, private victories happen before public victories. Right. So my whole world started transforming around me. And then I can remember one day I had been released from the judge. Right. So I remember going back to the prison that day and I get called down to intake is where you get released from. And I remember I went to put my clothes on that I had been arrested with to get released to the street. And so I could remember that when I went to get my clothes, they were completely covered in mold. Because when I had been arrested, they had been soaking wet. So I couldn't even wear the clothes that I had been arrested with. So I can remember the correction officers, they were going through a laundry basket of dirty clothes in there, trying to get me some clothes to wear out on the street. And so what they came up with, they came up with a pair of orange shoes, a pair of commissary sweatpants, and a commissary white V-neck t-shirt, right? Now, I had been given $3 back that I was arrested with, and they gave me a clear plastic garbage bag to put all my possessions in, which at the time was two chicken ramen noodle soups, and I had two instant Maxwell coffees. I remember the COs had given me a bus ticket from there, and so I, I jump on this bus. Now, I don't even know my way around York, Pennsylvania. I was sort of dropped off in York, PA in the middle of the night by a rehab who threw me out, right? So I really wasn't familiar with the area. So when I got down there, I was just sort of walking around in York trying to find a place where I could sleep, where people couldn't see me, right? And I could remember I'm on this street that I now know today is North George Street. And I remember like, you know, those shoes were terrible. So my feet was hurting, you know, and my legs were hurting and my back was hurting and I was freezing cold outside, right? And I said, man, I said, why did they even let me out, man? I was better off in that jail. At least I was warm in there. At least, you know, I had a bed and food and blankets. And I can remember in that moment, guys, that I put my hands in my pocket to warm up. You know what I mean? And I felt that $3 that I had been arrested with in my pocket. And the thought came to my head. And the thought said this, right? The thought said, Dave, take that $3, man. Let's grab a beer. Let's warm up. We'll figure this thing out just like old times. How about it? Right? And in that moment, I had looked to my left and I seen third base, which was a beer and chicken joint right there. And guys, it was like, this wasn't one of those moments where I was like, hey, man, like, you know, I got to pray about this. Right? I got I to gotta talk to God about this. It was Something else happened to me that never happened before. And I could remember that I had thrown my head up in this air and I said, God, I said, I need a miracle. Right? And I don't know where that came from, but it came out of me. It was just like an utterance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and there was no miracle that happened in that moment. There was no lightning, no thunder. I didn't feel any different. So I kept walking, guys. Right? And I remember that I got to the top of this hill and I looked to my left and there was a place called Prospect Hill Cemetery, just this massive cemetery out there. And I said to myself, I said, you know what, this cemetery is going to have to do. And so I remember going into Prospect Hill Cemetery and I just walked and walked around in the cemetery until all I could see around me was graves and headstones. And I was like, oh, this is a good spot, right? Nobody could see me here. And I remember I slept on a tombstone that night. And so anyways, Leaving out of here, here's where the miracle is going to happen for me, right? Here's where the, the shift is going to happen for me, right? Because I'm walking down this hill, 
at that cemetery in the morning, the way that I had came up here, and I had ran into, into a friend of mine at the bottom of the hill who I was incarcerated with. He was out now, and his name was Graham Gallagher. Okay? And I could remember talking to Graham, and I looked to my right, and I seen a gym on a loading dock. And now you guys were talking about before I'm a powerlifting man. I'm a, I'm a gym rat, man. I mean, I love the gym. So when I seen that gym out there in the loading dock of that warehouse, which is now my warehouse, by the way, just to give you guys a little point of where I'm going here. Right. I said to Graham, I said, what is that, man? Is that like a, is that like a public gym? And he goes, no, man, that's part of life's beacon foundation. He said, it's a life skills house for men. He said, Bob Allen owns it. Right. So I can remember being really interested in that gym. And I said, well, do you think maybe Bob would allow me to use that gym? And he said, I don't know, man. He said, let me go talk to him, right? Let's go ask him. He's right out there. So I remember we had reached, uh, went over there and Bob was talking to a lady who was like, you know, she was dressed business casual. She had a briefcase and Bob could see out of his eye that me and this guy, Graham, were getting ready to interrupt him. And he says to me, he says, can I help you with something? Right. And I said, yeah, man, my name's Dave Gatto. You know, I was hoping that maybe I'm a friend of Graham's. Maybe I can work something out. We can use that gym over there. Right. And he goes, he goes, where are you coming from? And I said, I'm coming from jail. And I can remember Bob, he, he looks me up and down and he goes, where'd you sleep last night? Because obviously, guys, I don't look too good, man. I looked like I had slept outside and I had the, the jail attire on. Right. I had the commissary sweatpants, the commissary V-neck, and I had the clear plastic garbage bag that had all all my contents in it. Right. And mm -hmm. I said, Bob, man, I said, I slept in the cemetery up the street. And I can remember Bob had said to me, he said, hey, man, you can have the house over there. You can have that room in that house across the street. And he said to Graham, he said, man, he said, show him around, show him to his room. Right. And I could remember that another automatic reaction happened, like when I had thrown my head up in prayer. But this time I reached out and I hugged Bob Allen. Right. Because mm -hmm. here was a man who was doing something for me when I clearly couldn't do nothing back for him. Right. Yeah. And so that was like true love for me. And so, guys, here's where the realization of the miracle happens. I can remember walking across that street with my clear plastic garbage bag. And I can remember standing directly in front of the house that was about to be my place. Right. And something told me to look to the left. And when I looked to the left, I seen the third base, the beer and chicken joint there. And my whole body became covered in goosebumps, man, because I had realized in that moment that I was standing in the exact spot where I had thrown my head up and I asked God for a miracle. Right. So that was a real powerful moment for me. So, guys, I'm um, I'm in this I'm in this life skills house now. And, you know, um, this is the longest I've ever had clean and sober before. And I remember like Bob had taken me under his wing. Right. And he, this was just like, you know how Steve Jobs says that you can never connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. Right. This is, this is one of those things. Right. And I remember me and Bob, I was just helping to move some mattresses around. And he says to me, he goes, Dave, do you see yourself as the one giving orders or taking orders? And I said, given orders without hesitation, right? And that was the end of the conversation right there. But that had did something for me. That had like woken something up in me, right? Because two weeks later, I'm standing in the mirror and I'm getting ready to do my jog to work. And the thought occurred to me. The thought said this, right? It was like, and it came out of nowhere. It's like somebody balled it up and threw it and hit me in the side of the head with it. But it said, Dave, start your own business. And I was like, what do you mean start your own business, man? What are you, crazy? Dude, you got no money. You got no driver's license. You got no vehicle. You're a convicted felon. You're living in a halfway house. You're battling a drug addiction. You're battling an institutional mindset. Man, what makes you think you can start a business? Well, listen, guys, I had identified that critic in my head, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. The people listening know what I'm talking about. You come up with a good idea, and there's this voice in your head that starts telling you why and how it can't happen, right? But I started questioning that critic. And I said to my, I said, why can't I start a business, right? What makes them people any different than me? Mm -hmm. And that thought became an obsession, and it's all that I could think about, man. It's all I could think about on my jog to work. It's all I could think about while I was working. It's all that I could think about on my way back from work, right? Start your own business. I didn't know what I was going to start or how I was going to start it, but the thought was encompassing everything, right? And it got to the point where it's like I couldn't concentrate at work no more. Mm -hmm. So I told Bob, I said, listen, man, I'm not, 
I'm not giving them everything over there no more. I said, I got to leave. And so, so what, what, when you, when you said you were at work, what were you doing at this point? Like, what was your job? My job at the point was I was working at a place called Treaded Wheel and Tire, which was on Black Gum Road. It's about a five mile jog um, from where I was. I did that every morning. But basically, my job was I had to stack tires off an assembly line at a rapid pace all day. Um, the job sucked. Yeah. The day sucked. But <laughs> I remember, guys, I was making commitments to myself when I was changing, right? So I told myself, no matter how bad this job is they're giving you a chance which means that you give them everything that you can right you do your very best there every single day no matter what the job is yeah. right and and you know hoping to be recognized or maybe i will maybe i won't you know so i'm working at the place and i remember i had two hiring managers there and i said to them i said hey listen guys i need to talk to you right so they bring me in their little conference room and they sit me down. They say, what's up, Dave? I said, hey, listen, guys, it's not the personal. I said, but I got to go. I can't work here no more. And they're, I was one of their best employees, or at least I like to think that I was. Right. And they said to me, well, why is that? And I said, well, I'm starting my own business. And when I said that, I can remember the both of them had looked at each other and then looked back at me and started laughing hysterically. These guys. Right. And it was it was kind of funny, too, because you know how it is, man, if like. You're looking at people and they start laughing. You start laughing too, right. right? So we're all in there laughing. I don't even know what the hell I'm laughing at, man. But this is the funniest <laughs> shit I've heard in a long time too, right? So we're all in there just getting, you know, it's like that scene out of Goodfellas, right? We're wow. all in there laughing and we finally compose ourselves, right? And these guys said, are you serious? I said, yeah, man, I'm serious. I said, I got to go. And they, they offered me a raise, right? And I told them, I just said, hey, listen, guys, you know, this ain't open for discussion, Right. Um, this is something I got to do. So I had left that place on good terms. Right. And so here's the plan, guys. Like I'm about to write my highly sophisticated business plan now. Right. Never been in business. I got an eighth grade education. I got no money, no car, no driver's license. And I said, I got to do something here. And so I remember one of my roommates, his name was Steve. I had two roommates, Steve and Jim, two men trying to get their life together. And I said to Steve, he had a printer and a laptop. And I said, hey, man, could I, could I print some stuff up and use your computer? And he said, yeah. So I get to work on my highly sophisticated business plan, and here it is, right? I open up Word, and I make a list of things that I think I know how to do. I could wash windows. I could clean gutters. I could cut grass. I could mulch lawns. I could rake, you know, stuff like that. And then I thought of a name, and I like the name. Future Solutions stuck with me because it was like a name that could be attached to anything like future solutions, landscaping, future solutions, construction. Right. So I like that name. And so I named it future solutions, LLC, mm -hmm. which I didn't know anything about registering a business or what that was supposed to be like, or any of that stuff so, or insurance or, was, or was it actually an LLC or did you just put that on the end? I just it? put LLC cause I thought that it looked good. Okay. Right. <laughs> I was like, that sounds good, man. That sounds established. Right. So, right. Right. You know, and at the time I had, you know, this was in 2014. I had one of those Obama flip phones, you know, mm -hmm. one of those free phones I got from the world, which I still have that number, by the way. Um, and I attached that phone number to, and I can remember I printed up like 20 of these things and I rolled them up and I put it in my back pocket. This was the very next day, which was a Saturday, you know, so it's about, you know, 10 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm rolling out the door. Now I'm going to execute my highly sophisticated marketing plan. <laughs> Right. Which is going to be me walking up to doors, knocking and selling myself. Right. That's how I'm going to get the capital. That's how I'm going to start this up. Nobody's giving me a business loan. None of my family members are going to allow me to borrow money. Right. They don't trust me. They don't know if I'm yeah. going to stay sober. You know, I'm not allowed to even have a bank account at this point because, you know, I screwed the bank over numerous times in the past. So I got the guy at the beacon, Bob, holding my money, acting as my bank. Which, by the way, now I got people, you know, kicking my doors down to be our bankers. Yeah. And yeah, complete uh, retro, uh, complete uh, 360. And so um, I said, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this, right? So I remember, guys, I walk down the steps, I get out in the street, and I say, which way am I going to go? Am I going to go left or am I going to go right? I said, well, I've never been left before, so let me go left. Right. There was no like canvassing or like, hey, you know, I got to hit this region or this demographic or these people, you know, two and a half children. They got a five hundred thousand dollar house and an associate's degree. None of that. I'm just like, I'm going to go up and see what's in this neighborhood. Yeah. Right. So I remember, guys, going up into the neighborhood 
And I can remember, you know, I walked for about 45 minutes and got into this historical neighborhood. There was nice houses up there. And I seen, I looked to the left and across the street, I seen a row of houses coming up both sides of the street. And I said, okay, I'm going to start at that house in the corner, zigzag, and I'm going to work my way back. Right. And I can remember when I crossed that street, I had complete confidence. But the second I put my feet on the sidewalk, that critic came back in my head. Mm -hmm. Right. And that critic's like, whoa. He's like, whoa, Dave. He's like, he's like, hold up here a minute, man. Let's talk about this, man. What makes you think that these people are going to want to buy anything that you're selling? Look at you, man. You're you're 33 years old, living in a halfway house. You got no money, no vehicle, no driver's license, a criminal record, man. I told that critic, man, I said, shut up. Mm -hmm. I said, listen, man, we're we're going to do I got to know what's on the other side. And so. I remember, guys stealing myself right like stealing my nerves like you got to do this and going and knocking on that first door right and i remember knocking on that first door and them saying i'm not interested right then i remember going to the second door and saying i'm not interested right then i can remember walking around that whole neighborhood and knocking knocking getting nothing right and it's starting to get dark and i'm like man i'm like i gotta do something here right i gotta sell something here like i cannot let the company fail on the first day right and i could see the peepholes going dark and i'm trying to wave at them when they go dark to think maybe the people think that somehow i seen them right that they'll open right. up the door right and i could see the blinds going up and the curtains going to the side man i'm just getting discouraged mm -hmm. and then here's where the miracle happened so I remember I remember knocking on this one guy's door, right? And I remember him opening the door so hard, I could see his hair get like buffeted back by the wind at this door. And this guy was furious, right? He's yelling and screaming, saying, I'm sick of y'all coming around this neighborhood, selling solar panels, selling magazines. He's like, get the hell off my property, <laughs> right? And I'm just like this with the guy. And I can remember the guy's wife coming up, and she's like, oh, Johnny, stop. You're going to kill him. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, Johnny, man, lay back, brother. Have a good weekend, man. Thank you, though. And he slams the door in my face. Right. And I can remember that I was furious that this guy had slammed the door in my face. Like I thundered across his lawn and went directly to his neighbor's house and knocked on these people's door. Right. And so I remember I knocked and and a lady answered the door and she said, how can I help you? I said, your neighbor, Johnny, told me to come over here, said you could help me out. <laughs> she, she's like, are you serious? And so I said, yeah, I said, I'm serious. And her husband comes and he's like, what can we help you with? Here's where I took off, right? I said, hi, my name's Dave Godham with Future Solutions, man. Here's a list of things that I'm doing. I pulled the paper out, put it in his hand. And I said, take a look at that list, man. See if there's anything on that list that you want me to do on there. Right. And I can remember that he had look. he was looking at it and he took his spectacles off and he put his glasses on. Right. And the both of them were looking at it. I mean, they were really looking at it. Right. So I'm getting excited. I'm like, OK, I got two interested prospects in front of me. Yeah. I'm like, I got to make a sale, man. Anything. Pick anything off that list. I'm like, heck, I don't care if it's even on that list, man. What you need? <laughs> you need a heart transplant. Let me get my toolbox. Uh, what marriage counseling throw some coffee on man let's sit at the kitchen table and talk about it i do that too right <laughs> i need to sell anything and i can remember all these crazy thoughts going through my head and i remember he interrupted me right and he goes how much for the gutters and i can remember being so shocked after all day of getting the rejection actually here's somebody to ask me for something so i repeated it right. i said the gutters <laughs> and he said yeah the gutters and I'm like, oh, Dave, you got to act quick, man. I'm like, listen, hesitation will get you killed out there. So I can remember taking three steps off that back porch to assess the gutters, man. Like, I'm no longer Dave Gatto. I am Dave the Gutter King. I had forgotten <laughs> more than you know about gutters, man. This just happens to be your lucky day. This is my expertise right here, right? And so I threw a number out. I said 60 bucks, right? So... He agrees, and that day, Future Solutions was born, right? So that was 10 years ago. That's when my first sale happened, right? And I can remember this. Eventually, I got a truck. I got my license back. It was three different colors. It was a 1989 Chevy Silverado five-speed, 
right? And I got my license back and now I'm mobile, right? And I'm exploring all around York and I'm hiring people from the recovery house. You know, at the time it's off the books and all that stuff because I don't know anything about payroll and insurances and different things like that. But, you know, I used to be a chalk in the truck, right? Mm -hmm. Now we have a 15,000 square foot warehouse, right? We got a huge yard, a big facility, fully staffed, admins, assistant admins, inside sales, outside sales, production managers, production workers, CDL drivers, um, the whole nine yards, right? And I think about all that. We're opening another location in Percival, Virginia, which is Northern Virginia. Um, we're working on our Delaware, Maryland licenses right now. We're talking to a franchise company about possibly franchising our business that they were going to. Um, you know, so I think about, like when I'm talking about this stuff, guys, I think about taking the risk, right? So like, I know this, when NASA goes to launch a satellite, Right. I'm reading the book Apollo 8 right now, which is a really good book. And, you know, if they're going to launch a satellite, there's all these things called um, single points of failure. They're called SPOFs, right? Where one part of the operation will stop the whole entire operation from happening, right? And we're talking there's thousands of SPOFs. So, you know, there could be a hundred of them associated with the deployment of the reflectors or with a lens coming open or something like that. And I think about like what my single point of failure items would have been, right? Like what would have changed the course? And I, I think back like this, right? And I say, hey man, like if you would have taken that drink, right? To warm up that day, mm -hmm. or, or if you wouldn't have thrown your head up in prayer and asked God for a miracle that day, or if Graham Gallagher wouldn't have been at the bottom of the hill that day, or Bob Allen from the recovery house said, you know, he didn't have it in his heart to give me a place, right? And I think about like, if I would have allowed the laughter of my managers to make me feel any different about myself, right? Or if I would have let the ridicule of all the people, the naysayers that were, you know, they were making fun of me saying, there, there he goes, Dave, the builder, as I push my wheelbarrow up and down the street, knocking on doors, mm. right? Or if I would have, if I would have turned around that day that I was doing those sales and backed off as it was getting dark and I was getting yelled at by people and people weren't answering their door and my, my neck was hurting, my back was hurting, I'm questioning like, what are you doing out here, right? Or if I would have let that critic inside of my head who told me, Dave, you don't got what it takes. You don't got the money. You don't got the education. You don't got the background. Man, if I would have let any of that stuff stop me, man, I wouldn't be here right now talking to you. I wouldn't be telling you guys this testimony of my story, right? And more than that, I would have never met my wife, my beautiful wife. I would have never met my four children, my three beautiful daughters and my son, right? I wouldn't have a company supplying careers to people right now or doing the things in the community, man. Honestly, I probably wouldn't even be here right now, period, right? Mm -hmm. So I think about all that stuff on there, man, and I'm just like, you know, why am I so blessed, you know? And so there's obviously a lot more in the story, you know, sort of the condensed version. I like to bring it up to my first sale, um, you know, because people need to know out there, like, you know, because you think you got to get to this certain point before you can start a business or this certain education or have this much money in the bank, right? Or have these type of connections and this massive business plan, this marketing plan, and you know, all the demographics figured out, man. I say this story to the person letting them know, like, listen, man, like I had every excuse, right? I don't have to rehash them again, but you know, no driver's license, no vehicle, no money, eighth grade education living in a halfway house, convicted felon, battling, you know, battling a drug addiction, all this stuff, man. And I could probably think of a whole lot more yeah. excuses, you know? So I like to say this stuff to people to ask them to really, you know, if you're thinking about starting a business or you're thinking about taking a leap, go in the mirror and listen, ask yourself, look at yourself and ask yourself, say, Hey, yo, listen, what's your excuse, man. Mm. Right. Because it's possible. Go from nothing mirror. to do this. Go in the mirror and talk to that critic. Tell him to that shut critic. up. 
Yeah, the critic, it's a lie, right? Because yeah. honestly, we're we're able to do anything we want, right? Yeah. And and you would think like, hey, you know, okay, I got three different companies. We're doing eight figures a year. You know, this, I've had people and bankers and everybody ask me all the time, like, what did, did you like inherit this business? Was it like passed <laughs> down from a family? Like, right. where'd you go to school for your MBA? Right. But, you know, I don't ever, I don't ever tell them, anything right i don't tell them the story right because the story the story says one plus one equals three mm -hmm. right so i just tell them yeah something like that right right but i like to tell people the story in the industry you know and let them know like there's nothing holding them back but 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 themselves yeah yeah no i think it's a great story what do you think zach what are your thoughts yeah, man, I'm thinking, uh, you know, there's some language I hear in the recovery community, like, if that guy can do it, why not me, you know? And mm -hmm. I think that applies not just to your journey with recovery, but also the starting a business. You know, I mm -hmm. think Dan is trying to call me out because I, too, uh, started a business after a while, a few years working here. And like like you, man, I was, like, somewhere else. I was not here. I was, uh, and at some point, I, you know, someone use the sentence or language with me like i can't serve two masters and i was like yep. that's it i'm going to start my own thing you know and uh mine didn't mature like yours did but what it did for me was teach me a lot about uh you know telling that critic to shut the fuck up basically mm -hmm. and the limitations yeah. that i had endured at my own uh perception of myself because uh, you know i haven't been spent a lot of time in prison but don't really have a very good i have a ged i've been arrested a lot uh, you know, and, and fucked a lot of stuff up and hurt a lot of people and really just sh shown myself that, uh, I fail. My story has been, uh, starting over, um, over and over and over and over, you know, getting out and this is going to be the last time, or this is the job. This is the final job where I'm going to finally get it together and, you know, make a career for myself. And along the way I'd had some children. So now I'm going to, you know, get the family situated finally. And, you know, and so a lot of that tape was playing, man, when I went out there and started a business, just like you, zero business plan. I just went out there to do it. Mm -hmm. I uh, cashed in my vacation here and had two grand. My wife was like seven months pregnant. So uh, talk about doing it at the craziest time. There's no good time. <laughs> there really know? isn't. We talked about that the other day. There's never a good time for anything. No, you know, that, that's another really easy excuse is like, oh, it's not the right time. Right. You know, not the right time to buy a house, bro. Yeah. So, man, in 2014, I hardly speak a comprehensive sentence. People would speak to me and ask me how I was doing and I could get things out. You know, um, truth. That's what alcoholism uh, had done to me. It got me to the uh, getting sober and and continuing to just kind of stay the course. And I think one of the things that I noticed in what you were talking about and your commitment just in general is like, you know, I have to man my post, man. I can't, I can't cause the dusk is coming and somebody slammed the door and it's just turn around and go home, you know, and it's, yeah. it's hard, man. Mm -hmm. uh, with experience and my past experience, string me again, said that I've committed all the failures and come on mind why are they why are they gonna write you a deposit check mm -hmm. yeah walk up to a house a, a million dollar home not only are they gonna let you in but they're gonna trust you to be there when they're not there or they're gonna give you money in advance to do the work like who am i you know and then after staying the course man and like being dedicated to being a man of integrity and showing up on time and if i wasn't on time i'd call them and let them know i wasn't going to be there just these very base level you know, things that I had to learn as a, an adult, you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. and doing that, like I developed this relationship with these businesses and ultimately to build me the skill set that to land me here in the position I am with Memphis Finn. So, uh, you know, I don't know how all that translates from uh, sobriety experience or, you know, background story to now and what we do here. But I mean, all that is a part of like, I think what makes me a valuable asset at Memphis Fence Company, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So I really appreciate it, man. Also, I think it's cool that we share the same sobriety year, 2014, man. In Absolutely, house. man. Yeah, so. no, it's, um, you know, and and I know a whole lot of business owners, right, that um, and people that are in really great positions in their company who are in recovery, right? Because think about it, like when somebody's like really working like a program, right, in recovery, 
you know, and they're working these 12 steps, like some of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, they might be, you know, making amends, right? Like, and keeping an inventory of stuff that they, they might owe an apology for and stuff like that. Like how many people are really living on that level? Like taking an honest inventory writing it out on paper and saying, hey, here's all the stuff that I did in the past. I'm going to make this right now, and here's my plan to do it, right? And then if you do anything else, writing it down and saying, hey, listen, I owe this person an apology, right? Like, And bring in other men or women, whether you're a woman in recovery, bringing them through those steps and helping them stay sober. Like, who's really doing that in their life, right? So we have a good edge, right? As opposed, you know, we're not out like partying and drinking and and doing i'm working on my company right i'm I'm in the lab right i'm not at the club like you sure. know I'm, I'm with my family and i'm working on my business so i think it gives us a it gives us an edge right i yeah. believe it. i see it as an asset sure i think also like the idea that the betterment of me is only valuable if it benefits others you know so in that we've been talking about growing memphis fence company and i'm on board with that you know but ultimately i'm like so that's cool that we all we the company gets bigger dan makes more money in turn i make more money but how about the people that are going to help will be able to help and you know and that's kind of how i look at my employees i have you know about eight guys now and i look at my position here um in the prospect of growing and being in a position of management but also to be able to kind of cultivate their experience to even if they want to leave here and start their own business that's cool with me you know, but it helped to cultivate them to help them be more employable, whether they're in recovery or not, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. We, speaking of that, like that uh, inventory, you mentioned inventory. I was joking with Alyssa and Dan before the show about being the most brash employee here, like the most <laughs> aggressive employee at Memphis Fence Company. I was like, but I promise I constant, I'm on it constantly. Uh, the I truth. I'm trying. That's the truth. So, I, I mean, I think I, you know, occasionally we make it. And it's like if I've done anything, no, you know. Uh, man, I got it. One last thing, like this, I couldn't have seen, you know, when I when I started here at Memphis Fence Company in 2013, that I would be hosting a podcast talking about sobriety at work. This yeah. is mm-hmm. fucking insane. So yeah, man, crazy, thank you man. so much for being so open and coming on the show. And this is cool. You know, when your lives collide like this, it's pretty awesome. Oh, absolutely. Know, work absolutely. life and recovery life. When it becomes yeah. a cohesive piece is yeah. where we really start to be able to live, you know, happy, joyous, and free. So Yeah. 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 And I got to say, like, you know, as you guys talk about that, I'm thinking about, like, the journey in, in, in particular, right? And, like, even starting a business, like, you know, um, and breaking in the defense industry, like, that was the funnest part for me. Right. And that's why I'm constantly growing the company, right? And getting involved in different things, getting involved in manufacturing, getting involved in distribution, you know, getting involved with builders and and things like that. Like, because that was the funnest part. It was going out and just flying by the seat of your pants, relying on your wits, making it work, right? Saying, Okay, there's yeah. my rent money. Okay, there's my phone bill, you know, and that was so fun pursuing that. And, you know, I think that's why it propels an entrepreneur to keep growing, right? Because putting in the fence just wasn't enough, right? Like, yeah, it was fun. Four crews, five crews, six crews, whatever we had out there. We had to say, okay, what's up with this supply piece? What's up with this manufacturing piece, right? And then diving into that, guys, which you know is a very deep pool to get into, right? Like once you just think you're going to supply stuff, man, I mean, you got everything, man. You got, you got cogs, you know, you got machinery, cost of goods manufactured, cost of goods sold. You got inventory, inventory control, cost of carrying inventory, inventory allocation, you know, uh, getting lean, leaning out your manufacturing processes, positioning, there's all this stuff. I mean, it's endless and it's just so, so fun to just keep, getting involved in something new right Talked about and that like we, we, we would be happy if it got a place get to that place we're going to the next place right like that's if right it's it easy around here and it's calm in the office we're like well, okay what are we going to do next right. to stir up some yeah we got to get out there you know mm-hmm. uh, exactly you can't just have it easy that's no fun i'm no. sorry i cut you no. off you were saying something before that whole thing i don't remember all right cool 
not that. <laughs> I just told you I wasn't trying to call you out. That was all, right, all cool. I was saying earlier. So. Well, I sorry, I kind of stole the show, and like I said, I mentioned I have the opportunity. I mean, I like to do that. So. Yeah, I'm yeah. good. <laughs> I'm loving it, man. It's great. Yeah. Okay, so it's the so, Dave and Zach show now. Yeah. Uh, no more Dan. Necessary. <laughs> I'm gonna just go back to work. I mean, <laughs> so I do have a question. How did you go from offering marriage counseling or cleaning gutters <laughs> or whatever else? Like, how did you get from there to fence? Yeah, so it's uh, a good question, man. And I can remember, you know, I had a, I had hired a GC who was in the program of recovery. He was from Alabama. So this guy was like, you know, he would be the general contractor for like whole entire, you know, malls and building strips, strip malls going up. So this guy was skilled in all kinds of different stuff, mm-hmm. right? And he was down from Alabama. His name was Jeff Irwin, right? And I sold a fence one day to a church. Right. So so me and him are putting this fence in. Right. I'm just sort of like his labor, though, even though it's my company. He's like, hey, like <laughs> dig this hole here. He's like, put a bag of cement here. And so I'm learning how to put a fence in. And I ran the numbers on this and I'm like, all right. I was like, there's there's money in this. And I said, hey, it is really not rocket science. I mean, all I got to do is dig a hole, keep the post level to the string line. And Bill Gates, right? I'm like, I, I could do this. And I said, there's money because I was all over the place, man. I'll, I'll do anything, man. If you had a pile of manure in your backyard, I'd shovel that shit. You know, right. it didn't matter what it was, right? Um, So right. I remember I said, I'm going to do Me that too. again. You know, and when I said I'm going to do that again, I sold another fence. Right? And at this point, Jeff had left. Right? And I can remember I had to put this fence in. And it was... I, I never knew about a shell vein, but this fence was on a, a friggin' shell vein. So a fence that was supposed to take two days took me like two weeks because I was a one-man operation out there at this point in time when I did my second fence, right? Because Jeff Jeff had left, right? And I can remember, like, I said, all right, Dave, but you got time to figure this out. You know, the customers aren't home. Everything's good. But that day... They turned this into some kind of like spectacle. It was like a party, right? Where they invited like their extended family, their family over. There was a barbecue in the yard. They're up socializing. They're out there drinking. They're asking me questions I don't know the answer to about the fence. You know, mm. they're like, "Hey, what's all that stuff falling out of the out of the post?" I'm like, "Hey, what about those eagles?" Right? <laughs> so I'm like trying to like dodge the questions, and I'm in my truck on YouTube and YouTube and things, and I'm calling the manufacturer up. And I'm like, "How do I build these gates?" Right. And, you know, so I can remember like it was so hot out there and it was in a new community. So there was no trees. And I'm literally like pounding through three feet of shale on every hole with just a rock bar, uh, para, you know, um, post hole diggers out there. And, and it's, it's awful. My hands are bleeding, you know, um, I'm tired. And I can remember wanting to give up, but what kept motivating me. As I said, Dave, just get this job done and you can afford this truck that I have been looking at that wasn't three different colors because I was in the I would hide my truck around the corner. It looked so bad. (laughs) It was terrible. (laughs) It was like there's been in multiple car accidents. You know, uh, it was amazing. Um, It was all rotted out, but I was very thankful for it because I hadn't driven a car in so long. This thing was like a Cadillac to me at the time, but I I was so motivated. So I said, I got to. Stay in this, right? I got to get this truck. And then that's how I got my first nice truck, which was a, you know, it was a solid red F-250. And, you know, it just kept growing. Like I said, man, the one crew, two crews, three crews. Then we started, you know, um, we start, we got a location, right? We only were allowed to park our vehicles behind the place at first, right? And there was five businesses in there. And I can remember walking by that building every single morning and saying, I don't know how it's going to happen but this building's going to be mine. Right. Yeah. And I remember visualizing it as it being mine and wondering how and what I would do with it and how I, and, and it was crazy because nobody was planning on leaving, but eventually, you know, uh, there was a tire shop in there. They left. Right. So we got the garage and then, you know, there was like a compressor in it, a compressor in there and an engine lift. And we turned that into a little fabrication area and then a big power washing company had left out of there. They got evicted. Right. And so there was a staff bathroom, two offices, a 10,000 square foot production floor, a loading dock, and then a tractor trailer inspection station had been evicted as well. We turned that into a showroom. Then there was a plastics company who manufactured plastic bags. Um, And I can remember that they went out of business, which was entirely crazy because we wanted the whole building. 
And I can remember the owner, Bob, telling me at the time, he said, Dave, he said, this space is going to become available, um, that they're leaving. And I thought that he said that they left. And I said, so it's available. And he said, yeah. So I didn't waste no time, guys. There was the next day we went there and there was like sheets of plywood up that was built into the wall that was separating these areas. It was like probably like 10 sheets, right? It was huge. Mm. And I told the guys, I said, take it down. Right. And I can remember they couldn't get it apart. They're in there with, you know, pry bars and sledgehammers. And so I told them back away. Right. And I got, I had a Komatsu forklift, a little two stage forklift. And I can remember driving across the warehouse, backing up, getting full speed and hitting this <laughs> wall and smashing through this wall. And I can remember all this debris falling all over the place. And I'm ducking like this. And there's boards <laughs> sliding through the slots up there. And then I seen when the dust cleared, I seen all this shelving on the ground. And I had realized that those people did not move out, that they were in there and they were still running the operation. So when they came there that day, we were in there, in their in their warehouse. And they're like, yo, they're like, what the fuck? Right. So thank <laughs> so thank God I knew the guy. His name was Steve Izzo. He's like, Dave, he's like, what are y'all doing? Right. And eventually we smoothed things out. We cleaned everything up. We got it all straightened out for him. But he was in there for another three months, you know, and through the whole. It was really weird, you know, because it was yeah, like so wide was open. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we still got that forklift, by the way. It's running on like one cylinder, but it still works. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we took over the whole building and we took over another part, turned it into three more offices. <laughs> yeah, we, we took the hey, literally, it was hostile. They go, we're like, well, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> we need this baby this is our aluminum right, right now. that's right that's right <laughs> but yeah man it's been a it's been a real fun journey um and uh you know there's a lot more to be written like i said man like if you're not growing you're dying right so um you gotta keep going what's the next thing what's you know where are we going with this next how do we grow how do we you know how do we do more good really yeah you know yeah and that's what we're trying to figure out is where are we going what are we doing how are we uh how are we taking these next steps so absolutely man because you know it gets to the point where we're like all right well we did eight figures here this place is maxed out it's maxed out what we can have for inventory we've compressed everything we've expanded to this radius out here what's the next thing another location right, right? Yep. there's all that you know there's there's that market share out in virginia there's the market share in maryland there's the market share in delaware you know, um, and, and then when you get a good system and process together and you document it, right? Like this is something that I've built for 10 years. It's been growing by 25% every year consistently. It works. So wow. now let's just replicate that documented process and put it to work somewhere else, right? Because we put the work in already. This is the, this is the blueprint. Yeah. Right. So that's how companies do it. You know, if you ever read the book, you know, Made in America by uh, Steve Walton, which I know a lot of people aren't fans of Walmart or whatever, but I'm going to say it anyways. Once he got his systems and processes nailed down and documented, they were still opening up 100 locations a year. Yeah. The guy's hey, flying you... around in his airplane, looking at places, landing and striking deals for the land right there in the spot. Where's this guy at? Who owns this? No, no matter if you like Walmart or not, it's still a pretty impressive story. You're darn right yeah. it is. And it's a great book. I highly recommend it, especially yeah. if you're into expanding, building teams, um, delegating uh, to, to other people. Uh, Sam Walton's book is a, is just a really, really uh, powerful book. I mean, you got to give it up to the guy. And, you know, you got to give it up to Walmart, honestly. I mean, where are you going to get stuff cheaper? Right. right. I mean, they do a lot of good in the community. Um, so, so yeah. what did they say if Walmart – was country it would be the number two importer of products from china to kind of I, i've heard that statistic somewhere just to kind of like put scale on how much stuff they sell it's crazy mm -hmm. oh no dude that's ridiculous like if you the, the transactions going down per second are like an average company's uh two average companies yearly figures right like, and i was yeah. just looking at yes. this stuff yesterday like amazon like i said what's their marketing budget 20 point 20 some billion dollars a year in marketing um still, looked, uh, yeah and everybody knows amazon and they're right. still spending that marketing money 20.3 billion right and i looked up i said yeah, well what's the revenue 
I said, what's their revenue? A hundred and forty three billion. Like, I mean, that's a big number to re to wrestle. Right. You know, right. and it, it, I, I look at that stuff, man. And and I'm like, man, OK, this all came from a seed of an idea. Right. Yeah, it started with a bookstore, right? Yeah, I think it did. And what it, I think that what they did was uh, they had that and then they they resurrected the bookstore when it came out with the Kindle. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they came out with that Kindle um, and then they started the um, Amazon uh, eventually. Um, yeah. And then they're they're involved in all kinds of stuff. But if you really think about that, like any business that you look at today, all started from an idea that somebody had in a dream. Like you know, Sam Walton, dude, the guy came from nothing, really. You know, he was a uh, he, he was a franchisee, right? Mm -hmm. Not a franchise. He was a franchisee at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, a really interesting story. So when did you start reading books? And the the second oh. question is, how many books do you read? Oh man, I mean, uh, I already polished. Oh, well, I'm in the process of polishing off too this year. Um, but I've always been reading books um, since I was young, and specifically into business books around probably like 2017. You know, when I started saying like, how do I learn? How do I grow? Like, you know, um, people are holding on to so many secrets in the industry. Uh, how do I get ahead here? And I just started reading all the books, man, like the Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people, the Toyota way out there, um, reading books like traction and, and you know, um, and putting, uh, employee, employee operational systems in place, entrepreneurial operating systems, EOS, uh, think and grow rich. Um, I mean, I've read, uh, you know, um, uh, the power of positive thinking, Norman Vincent appeal, like all stuff that's related to uh, self-help and business growth. I mean, that's what I read. Eventually, I got to switch it up a little bit. I got to turn it off. That's why I'm reading the Apollo 8 because I'm a big physics fan, big science buff. I, I love that stuff. And and so yeah. that's like a that's like a book for pleasure um, yeah. uh, for yeah. me. But I'm always reading. Wasn't the Apollo spacecraft the most complex machine that's ever been built? It had um, more, I think it had more moving parts than anything else that's ever been made. Let me put it to you like this. The thing was 130 some feet, I believe, um, with a Titan rocket on it. Um, so it would lay down. It would take up a whole entire football field with the end zones. It weighed as much as a, uh, as a Navy battleship. Um, it had five five-stage engines on it, and it would burn – 6,000 pounds of kerosene and liquid oxygen per second um, produced, I think, 123 million horsepower, right? And it sent tectonic vibrations that were fell all the way from Florida to New York. Um, it went up to 100, I think I want to say either 140 or 160 decibels. So, like, these guys are launching this rocket. And like the plaster is coming down from the ceilings, the windows are vibrating. You could you imagine this? Um, the amount of fuel that was used, it made it into the moon in like 12 minutes, right? And it was just when you really think about that, and you think about these astronauts, man, who who know? I mean, they already seen so many people die. The the you know the three people died doing the test and the um, in the facility, they burned up in there. And then you see the one rocket explode when it hits the, the second stage. Right. right. So when you run out of businesses to start, you go <laughs> become an astronaut. Yeah. I mean, these astronauts, man, these are just like, normal, these are just Dave regular Pato. people. <laughs> We're going to see know? you strapped to a rocket soon, I think is what you're saying. <laughs> you got to think there's some brave people, man. Um, like, well, they blew up, but I'm going to hop in there and try it. Right. Man, that is crazy. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, no, they they're they're phenomenal people, and they're no, they're just not some like bums off the street, man. I mean, these guys yeah. are, you know, Navy, you know, fighter pilots, you know, jets, and operate hundreds of missions uh, for war. Uh, these are guys who, you know, Chuck Yeager and you know Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, yeah. and these guys are are you know uh, heroes. Really. Yeah. Well, what your story and their story has in common is they wouldn't take no for an answer. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You know Never take for? no for an answer, man. That's right, let's man. get the prerequisites out of the way. No, <laughs> let's keep moving ahead. So That's I, right. I've always thought about, you know, things that happened in life. And I've always thought that 
everything that's happened to me has led me to where I am right now. And so just to kind of, I wanted to mention that before we get to the end here. So no matter what journey you have been through in life, like I always think that's what led me here. And so all of the struggles, all of the hard times, all of the bad choices, everything like that is all what's led us to where we are. Right. So let's revisit that uh, Steve Jobs quote. You can't connect the dots looking forward. Right. That's what he said. So, yeah. Yeah. Just know that whatever kind of shit you got going on, contrast or whatever you think, how crappy it is or how you're incapable of doing this task or whatever, like that's not true. And someday you'll look back and, and recognize that it was all leading me to this, you know, yeah. yes. the last year or so of my business was pretty painful for me. And just that, like, quote unquote to, you know, that voice was saying, don't ad- you're admitting defeat basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I didn't know that, you know, I was being directed over here where I honestly, I think, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. Yeah, so it was, it was a part of the journey, man. Right. That's right. And it brought you here. And we're super excited to have you here. Yeah. Right? The same way that the, you know, the, uh, what was that place called? Uh, third, what'd you call it? The chicken third place? Yeah. Third base, third base. You know, third yeah, base man. led you to the halfway house in turn that led you to. That's right. As a, you know, owning multiple companies. So. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, some people are good at entrepreneurship and some people are good at what's called entrepreneurship. So an entrepreneur is somebody who operates in a business in the capacity of an entrepreneur, right? Which sounds like, you know, sort of what, what your role is. So the entrepreneur is a very important person. They're just better wired like that to work in the capacity in the company as an entrepreneur for that company, right? It's called an entrepreneur. Yeah. There you go. Why, there you go. You. Maybe you learned you, something today. Maybe yeah, you Why, thank you. Why, thank you. <laughs> He's an entrepreneur now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I have a whole new, I'm going to walk across the street and let everyone know, you know. <laughs> you guys here need, need some new business cards. I've been named entrepreneur by the one and only entrepreneur on it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to, I, I know we're, we're pretty much out of time here. Do you want to? throw out anything about what your businesses do your uh, your consulting stuff or your fence supply side or anything like that yeah i mean i'll say something although you know um my main goal is to just i just want to supply value to this industry right i just want to help people so i'm not like trying to sell nothing um or anything like that to promote myself you know but basically we have a, a fence manufacturing company um that that also installs fence and we have a supply company that e-commerces and also supplies our other fence company and then we have a consulting company like go to grow consulting which is not just you know it's not just in the fence industry like we, i don't think I, I we have a lot of clients but none of them are in the fence industry you know oh, they're wow. in like um you know because business is business right let's be honest yeah. here right like i can i could fold this business up today and i could get into the gutter business and make a million my first year right because i built those business muscles up i know what to do i know how to market i know the thing but you know so we're anyways we we just you know um uh, uh, that's a growing company and, you know, it's just fun. But, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, man, I just want to supply value. I just want to see uh, people go out there and live their dreams. Right. Um, you know, because by teaching things, that's how I learn. Right. That's how I become the best learner. So what, what does go to grow do? Do you have like a, a niche that you kind of specialize in or is it just more general or? Yeah, no, I mean, so let go to grow, um, which is let go to grow.com. Um, let go and then the numeral two grow.com if you look that up i mean that's a whole website with blogs and you know we have a um, online uh, business um, virtual mba on there uh you know 52 weeks um, goes over everything on there you know um we use proprietary software that's for my company which i basically if somebody calls me up you know they give me their PLs, i'll show them and 45 minutes where they're leaving a hundred thousand dollars on the table right and then i'll give them the roadmap and just send it to them of how they get that and in case they want to do it by themselves. I mean, here you go. Here it is. Free consultation, you know, and then um, whether they want to sign up for a package, you know, platinum, silver, gold, whatever the case might be, that's up to them. Right. Um, but, you know, it's about results. It's about it's about it's not about gross. It's about net. Right. It's about profit. Right. Because right? that's what really matters. Right. Because, you know, we all like the ego stuff like, oh, you know, right. I, I grossed 20 million. But how much right. would, would you keep? Let's talk yeah. about that. That's right. Yeah. Right. Because that's why, you know, if you like read the book, like, you know, um, the Toyota way, that'll teach you how to lean out your whole manufacturing process. So you put more money in your pocket. 
right? Eliminate steps, drawing spaghetti diagrams, uh, stuff like that. But that's what it comes down to, man. It comes out to how do we keep this money? Because that's what feeds the family. That's why you expand the business. That's what puts the bread on the table, you know, all that stuff. And a guy told right. me one time, we get out of bed in the morning to make a profit. That's right. You that's know. right. Because, you know, you, it, could go the, it could go the other way. Yeah. Dan's saying is I can go broke staying at home. Right? Yep. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And I love the name of the business. Got to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah, let go to grow. I mean, think yeah, about what like, that means. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. you guys see I'm not at work. Right. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'll, I'll go to the gym later. I'll go for a walk. But that's because, you know, I delegated, automated and eliminated. Yeah. So, right. So there's people running the business for me. If I die, the business keeps going. Yeah. Right. So I built an autonomous system. So when he sent me the picture when he was in the gym. I was like, oh, congratulations on being in the gym in the middle of the day. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I wasn't even worried about how heavy it was. I was like, wait a minute, you're at the gym in the middle of the day? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's um, it's a good life because, you know, for anybody that's watching just real quick, like eventually your role will change. Like if you see this thing through and you keep learning uh, and growing eventually your role changes right so where you know you're not the guy in the field you're not the guy out there in the service truck you're not the one doing the sales you become more of a coach to your staff right so like more meetings um you start to transition into that season of your business where you're sort of coaching your leadership team right or you're sort of you know coaching your sales manager on how to manage his sales team behind him, right? So you go into a different season, right? And it's where you're most valuable, um, you know, because some people believe, like, oh, I got to get out there in the field. I got to get my hands dirty. I got to lead yeah. from the front. Like, I don't, you don't see Sam Walton out there working a register, right? <laughs> so <laughs> let's do the math, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I've asked a few go to go. I've asked a few people, I said, you think Elon Musk orders the toilet paper? Go figure that out. Like, <laughs> y'all can do that. You got to find out where you're most valuable, right? And yeah. for the person who's starting out, I just want to plant this seed, right? And some of y'all might not be there yet, but I just want to plant the seed, right? I want you to think in this fashion. And anytime you're out there physically in the field, installing, selling, any of that stuff, you're going backwards, right? Now, at certain times, it's necessary to do that, but know that you're going backwards, that you are as an entrepreneur for the for the survival and for the growth of your company need to be working on your business and not in it. So, yeah, yeah, you hear that term a lot. Work on yeah. your business, not in your business. So yeah, most good. people just say it, but they ain't doing it. Yeah, yeah, I believe it, man. All right, well, I think we can. Uh, I think we can wrap up now. I know you. Uh, you got stuff to do, and sure, we're we're a little bit over our hour allotment here already so but yeah. man it's been awesome i really appreciate it and hopefully yeah. you'll come back one day and we can uh we can talk some more about you talk know, some business yeah talk some business that that'd yep. be great if you're willing For so. sure yeah just let me know all right well i appreciate it man and uh zach you want to Cool. You got you want to close this out or anything? Or? Just one more time, man. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate your vulnerability and willingness to share your story. Um, and you know, I appreciate that, man. Both aspects, the personal and uh, recovery, and then into the business aspect too. I mean, yeah, I, I so all that together. Thank you so much. Um, with that, I guess you know, power lifter, powerhouse. We're gonna close it out, man. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, thanks everybody and Dave. Look, I look forward to meeting you in person here soon, man. So absolutely, yeah. man. I'm sure we'll cross paths. Yeah. Cool, Are you coming to Fence Tech? I won't be making the Fence Tech. No. All right. Well, hopefully we'll uh we'll get to see you soon. Cool. Absolutely. All thanks, right. Dave. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, everybody. Yep. Thank see you guys. You.